Welcome to the Citizens Youth Sermon Podcast. We are a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church and a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit nwgospel.com slash citizens. You doing all right? Good to be with you guys tonight. I am super excited to be back. Uh, in the book of James. So last week, many of you weren't here, but we did something super cool. Uh, We did something called Spring Serve. We were able to uh, serve our church, serve our surrounding community. Uh, It was incredible. I had a really, really fun time Uh, because James, the book of James, is all about action. What do we do with the faith that Jesus has given us? Our faith in Jesus, what are we supposed to do because of it? And now we're back in and we're diving into a very challenging passage tonight. I believe tonight's passage is going to be challenging, but I believe it's going to be beneficial because God's word brings life to our bones. God's word brings life, even when it may seem challenging in the moment to understand. God's word always brings life life. So a little bit about me. Um, I don't think this will come as a shock to anyone in the room. If it does, then I'm sorry to have let you down. But I'm not super, like, handy at all. I don't know if anyone is like, whoa, super surprised by that. I'm I'm not handy. Like, if you wanted to, like, fix your bathroom up, or if you wanted to, like, install a deck, I could give you a couple guys who would be able to help I would come to hang out, but probably not much more than that, right? And so I I have a couple tools here. I have a saw, a hammer, and this thing. And uh, I don't know truly how and when to use these things uh, to help construct. Oh, oh, almost dropped that one. Um, I'm just kidding. I have it. So um, to illustrate my point, I have a plank back here. I have this plank backstage. And now here's the thing. Like I said, I'm not very handy, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to try and construct something with this here on stage. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, But anyways, I've noticed uh, I had a friend who kind of invited me over to uh, help him a couple months ago redecorate and repurpose a part of his basement. And again, I wasn't super helpful, but I learned a couple things along the way. I learned a couple things about uh, uh, construction and using tools and all this. One, I learned it's better to measure twice and then cut once because you think you want to go really fast, but you end up doing more work because you end up measuring wrong or you end up quickly, right? You know, that happens. And I've also learned you're only supposed to use the tools for what they were designed for. You're only supposed to use tools for what they are designed for. And it's going to be uh, tempting in the moment, right? If you're doing something in construction, it might be tempting to be like, okay, let's say I forgot my hammer today and I need to nail this thing into this piece of wood. Uh, I'm just going to use the saw and I'm just going to try and, you know, hammer this thing in. Does this stress anyone else out? Ow. Okay. And like, okay, let's say there's a screw in here. But I'm like, I can just get the screw out if I just like try my hardest to, you know, if I just keep hitting around it, I'm. What? This is how it works. This, it can work like this. Okay, let's try this. I'm going to try these things. I don't know what they do. Does anyone want to test and see if it's sharp? Caleb, do you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, if I try to grab the nail with this, no, it's not going to work. See? 
tools are only supposed to be used for what they were designed for. Tools aren't supposed to be used flippantly or quickly or improperly because what's going to happen? Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt when you use tools improperly. When you use tools wrong, someone is inevitably going to get hurt. And at the end of it, you are going to get hurt yourself. And you see, friends, God has given every single one of us tools, so to speak. God has given us tools. He's given us a body. He's given us uh, time. He's given us resources, money, influence. He's given you a personality. And he has given you those things so that you would make much of him. He gave you your personality, your gifts, your strengths, your time, your hands, your feet, in order that you would make much of him. And friends, there's nothing inherently wrong about money in and of itself or your personality. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Um, but like, or your, your physical body, right? But it's what we do with the tools God gave us. It's what we do with those tools. Because if you use those tools incorrectly, someone is inevitably going to get hurt. When we use tools flippantly, when we don't even take note of how we are using these tools, bad things are bound to happen. And we're going to look in James chapter 3 here tonight at one of the most powerful tools that God has given to every single one of you, and that is your tongue. Yes, your tongue. The thing between your teeth, the thing in your mouth, the thing that we use to speak and to communicate with is one of the most powerful things that God has given us. And when we don't speak correctly, when we use our speech, when we use our language improperly, somebody is going to get hurt. And at the end of all things, you're going to hurt yourself a lot. We're going to see strong words tonight from James. Is anyone surprised James is going to bring us a strong word? Um, and, and, and he is going to talk to us about how Christians are supposed to be speaking. Because friends, our words are powerful. Our words have power. Speak carefully. Your words have power. Be careful. Be cautious. Be mindful of the tool that God has given you with your voice. Because your voice has power. Your words, your speech, they have power. God gave you mind to think with he gave you hands to serve him. He gave you feet to go. And he gave you your mouth to go speak the good news of everything that he has done. But what happens when we don't use that properly? What happens when we are flippant with the tool known as our tongue? We're going to see that in scripture. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for uh, tonight's message. God, I pray that you would challenge us. You would grow us. You would mold us. At the end of all things, more perfectly into the image uh, of you and your son. We love you. It's all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this. James, right out of the bat, says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If uh, we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us. We guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a small 
rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. James gives us a glimpse into the powerful, uh, this powerful imagery to uh, how powerful our tongues are. And friends, this is our first point tonight. We're going to see this in our text. The mature Christian must control their tongues. Maturing Christians must control their tongues. A Christian who is able to control what they say, when they say it, how they say it, that is a staple of a mature believer, a mature Christian. A mature tree grows super, super tall and bears lots of fruit. A mature child eats solid food. And a mature believer knows when to control their tongue because it has power. So remember the context here. The followers of Christ, they are in the midst of what? Great difficulty. James opens up his entire letter and encourages them to take joy because they're experiencing many trials in this moment. And so they are, are watching their basic rights be stripped away from them. They're watching the life that they love and knew, some of them crumbling before their eyes. And we saw a couple weeks ago where James says, yeah, you know, uh, in the midst of that, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and then slow to get angry. And now James is back on the topic of how are we supposed to speak? How are we supposed to speak? In the middle of trials, right? That's often when we're most tempted not to control ourselves. In the middle of trials is sometimes when we're uh, tempted to not control our tongue. Well, they said this, and I'm just kind of going through something right now. Well, they said that. They brought up that subject, and then I just kind of went off the handle on them. And James says that the tongue has power over our lives. Verse 1 is a specific glance uh, into the responsibility of teachers, right? Teachers are responsible for communicating the truth of God, and he is warning some of his listeners. He knows his listeners. He says, not many of you should ascribe to this high position of teaching because you have a problem with controlling your tongue. Because uh, there's more strictness. You will be judged with more strictness, right? So teachers at this time, uh, you know, if you saw someone on the street yelling, just saying random things, you kind of, I mean, sometimes if you've lived in a big city for a while, you just kind of learn to block it out, right? If someone's on the street corner yelling things. But then when you sit under a teacher or a pastor, someone who is responsible for communicating God's word, you're going to listen very, very, very closely. And James is saying, and he's showing us the reality, that somebody who's not able to control what they say well, they're going to be judged with greater strictness, not by God, by, but by us here on earth. People are going to be looking. People are going to be paying attention. And then verse 2. Verse 2 contains some incredible things. Look down at it with me. Verse 2 contains self-confession. I feel like a hint of sarcasm and an incredible truth. It contains a self-confession, a little bit of sarcasm, and then an incredible truth. He says, for we all stumble in many ways. We, James is speaking about himself as well. Imagine watching Jesus grow up. James is a half-brother of Jesus. Well, imagine watching someone who's never stumbled, like, go through puberty. And you're like, man, Jesus is so perfect. We all stumble in many ways, do we not? Um, so uh, that's James, his half-brother Jesus. Newsflash, if you didn't know. Um, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to also bridle his whole body, that word bridle, to control, to take captive of. 
The person who's able to control their tongue, the most difficult thing that you could possibly do as a human, well, that person has an enormous amount of self-control. That person has an enormous amount of self-denial. And James says, if you can conquer your tongue, well, then you're a perfect person. Now, he says, of course, that none of us will be perfect, but the maturing Christian, the person who is with Jesus on a day-to-day basis, should be growing in this area. They should be growing in this area. Maturing Christians, all of us, hopefully, if you're in the room, you're an aspiring, mature, you're a Christian, you're aspiring to mature, you need to be controlling your tongue. And James shows us that uh, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. Our desires, our thoughts, our words, and our actions, they all go hand in hand, right? All these things go hand in hand. When we speak evil and anger and bitterness and hurt to another person, we are speaking out of the direct desires of our heart and the thoughts that are in our head. But if we're able to have self-control, if we're able to rely on God's Holy Spirit, then our desires are changed, and through that, our thoughts are changed, and then through that, our speech is changed as well. Maturing Christians need to recognize and need to grow in how they control and tame the tongue because it has power. Look at verse 4 and verse 5 again with me. Uh, James gives these illustrations. I can't give a better one than this. He gives these incredible illustrations where uh, he says, look at at the horses, these powerful creatures, yet they're controlled by one small thing that is put in their mouth, right? Just like us. And then look at this massive ship sailing across the ocean. It's controlled by a tiny rudder that is able to uh, contain the fate of every single life on board. And James likens those things to our speech, Friends, it's powerful. Your words have power. Be mindful. Be careful. Careless words can cause a shipwreck of your life. Careless words can cause a shipwreck of your life. And so my question to you tonight, friend, is when in your life right now are you most tempted to use your tongue for evil? To use your speech, to use your words in something that would not honor God? Do you frequently experience moments in your life where you're just like, I wish I could take that back as you're speaking. You wish you could just grab the words and put them right back in because you were so ashamed that you said those things. Has that happened? Does that happen to you frequently? More than once or twice a week? How has your speech been? How are the words Uh, that are coming out of your mouth. And what does that say, deeper than just the words, what does that say about the overall state of your heart? What does that say about your ability to be self-controlled and to deny yourself? Think, think deeply about it. You see, words of gossip may be an indication of a heart that is not tethered to truth. Words of anger may be an indication of a heart that is not controlled by the peace of God. Words of obscenity and crudeness may be an indication of a heart that is more interested in the things of this world than the kingdom of God. Our words have power. Our words have power. The person who is able to control their tongue is able to control everything else about their body. 
And so the maturing Christian, you guys in this room, we need to be growing in this. We need to be growing in how we tame our tongue. Look down at me, uh, look down with me. Don't look down on me, please. Uh, at verse five, it says this, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. What? Do you see what James is saying in this moment? Do you see what James is saying here through the communication of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of God's Holy Spirit through James, the things that he is saying about our tongue, our speech? He shows us that sinful speech leads to serious destruction. Sinful speech leads to serious destruction. Some of you may look at this and say, well, that's a little intense, James. That's like a lot. Like, like, a, like a, a fire, a raging fire, a poison, destruction, a world of unrighteousness. Can't we just say like, yeah, it's bad. You shouldn't like gossip or do any of those things. We'll get over it. Like, I understand that in my mind. Like, I get it, James, quit being a drama queen, but this is the reality. This is God's word. And God's word says what it says because it's true. The Holy Spirit wasn't confused when he was writing this. James wasn't confused when he was writing this truth. He's using these words intentionally, a fire, poison, a world of unrighteousness. That's what happens when we can't control our tongue. That's what happens when we go off on other people in the midst of our anger. That's what happens when you finally want to get back at that person. And so you start like a little half untrue thing about them and you spread it around your friend group, a world of unrighteousness. So it says here in verse uh, five, how great a force is set ablaze by a small fire. A small fire. Even the smallest sparks have the ability to tear down miles and miles and miles of land. I was, we were, uh, my wife and I were with a couple friends a couple weeks ago. And our friends, it was one of those days, it was like 70 degrees for like no reason at all. It was like cloudy and then it was like not. And it was like, let's go outside somewhere. And so uh, our friends, they, they wanted to take us to this place. Uh, it was somewhere in like central Oregon. I don't know. I don't even remember. And there was uh, apparently waterfalls and this really cool river. And they're like, we're going to take you there. It's going to be so much fun. The trees, they were showing us pictures and it looked beautiful. The trees were massive. The water was so clear. And we're like, let's do it. And so we drive about an hour and 15 minutes. And then we realize something is a little bit off. Something is a little bit off. We, we, we pull off the highway and we look around and there are just miles and miles, you can see right through them, just tree trunks that have been charred entirely. And some spots around the surrounding areas, there were just no trees at all because it was all burned away. Ashes and dust, it still smelled like a campfire. And we didn't know like when this had happened or whatever. 
There were, there were houses, just foundations of people's houses. And there were some uh, just cars with tires melted onto the ground and, and bent steel from intense heat. And we get to this place and the place that they had taken a picture of just the last year and just the, uh, in like November or, or no earlier than that, back in the summer, it was gone. The trees were all burned. The park was closed. Destruction. Hey guys, listen up over there cool. Destruction is all gone. And we look it up later, and it came from people who had a campfire, people who had matches or fireworks is what they thought. A small fire, a tiny little thing unleashes complete destruction upon a community. And James says that with that image in mind, he says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Do you believe that? A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is a fire. Sinful speech, friends, leads to serious destruction. Maybe you're not convinced, right? Maybe you're like, okay, I get it. He says it. I know I should believe it. Again, a little intense, right? Like, you guys remember the fires. You guys remember the smoke. I wasn't here for that. But you remember. Well, think about this with me. Think about this for a second. You ever watch gossip spread around your school or your friend group? You ever watch someone, and maybe you were in the room when somebody had the idea to just say one thing that wasn't necessarily untrue about someone else, and they maybe put it on Snapchat or something else, and they, they, they just started to spread this thing that just wasn't completely true. And have you watched it just over the next couple weeks just spread amongst maybe your whole community, your whole uh, group, your whole friend group, and you watched it tear people apart? Wildfire. It's a wildfire. Or maybe you've had someone confront you for something you said to them that hurt them, and now your whole friendship is on the line now. They're confronting you and they're red in the face and they're saying, this thing you said hurt me. That's poison. Our words have the ability to be poisoned, to be a great fire. What God's word says is true. Make no mistake that when we use our ability to speak for evil, when we use the tool that God has given us for evil, the range of destruction knows no end. Because we're emotional. We're emotional beings. Words hurt. Words can build up and words can destroy. So how is your speech? How is your speech? Gossip and slander and, and evil words and crude joking, they belong nowhere. And I mean nowhere in God's house, in God's community, with God's people. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've been in ministry for three, almost three and a half years now, and so many conflicts. I sit down with parents and students or just two students, and it's just they said this and they said that and this, and nobody really knows who said what at the very beginning. It's a world of destruction, so we have to be careful, friend. We have to be careful. But look down at the text with me to verse 8. So James, heavy hitter, heavy truth, heavy reality, because what? None of us in this room are perfect, Look at verse 8 with me. I found this strangely encouraging. But no human being can tame the tongue, right? He uses that illustration of how we can tame all the animals on the earth, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. 
We can't on our own. But with God, all things are possible, right? With God, all things can happen. The ability to control the tongue comes from God. It's not on your own strength. It's not on trying hard enough or watching your friends keep you accountable. Those are, those are good things, having accountability and things like that. But our, at the end of it all, the ability to control and to be gracious and to speak the words of God comes from God himself. So when was the last time you asked God to help you with your speech? When's the last time you talked with the Lord and you asked him to help you in your spirit and your heart to help you with the things that you say, when you say them, and why you say them? And then deeper than that, let's think deeper than that. Are you spending so much time with God? Are you spending so much time with God on your day-to-day life that you simply can't help but sound like God? Are you spending so much time with God that you can't help but sound like God and hate the things that would hurt God's heart, right? Because our words come from the desires of our heart, from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So are you spending so much time with God that you start to sound like him? Is that happening? Is that happening? Because no human being can do it. It's not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Have you been with the Lord so much that you start sounding like him? I've noticed that you start sounding like the people you hang out with. Your phrases, your, your tone, your tongue, the, the words that you say, maybe a joke that you say, it, it reflects directly on who you hang out with. It really does. I've seen this time and time again. I've uh, lived now on like all different regions of the country. I lived in the Northeast, the Southeast, the Midwest, and now here on the West Coast. And everyone sounds a little bit different. And looking back, the more time you spend in the place that you grew up in or maybe have lived in for a very long time, you start sounding like that community. So friends, are you spending so much time with God that you are sounding like him? No human being can do it. It's not possible on our own. Look down with me at verse uh, uh, 9. It says this in verse 9. With it, so continuing about the tongue... Hopefully he's going to end on an encouraging word here. Let's see what happens. With it, our tongue, we bless the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth uh, from the same opening both fresh and salt Water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Friends, we've been talking tonight about how when we use words incorrectly, when we use the tools that God has given us incorrectly, bad things come from it. We get hurt or you hurt other people. But more so than just our feelings, more so than just other people's feelings, more so than just our relationships. There's something so much uh, better and bigger at risk here when we don't speak like God's people. Our witness in Jesus Christ himself is damaged when we don't control our words. Our witness in Jesus Christ himself is damaged when we don't control our tongue. We don't control our words our witness in Jesus. 
the most precious thing that you could ever do with your speech is to tell other people about Jesus and to worship Jesus and to speak to Jesus. Do not speak, friends, in a way that would compromise your testimony and the one that you're claiming to bless. It's too important. Do not speak in a way, in a way that is sinful, in a way that is unwise, that would damage your testimony in the one that you claim to bless. The one that you claim to bless. It's the most precious thing we could ever do with our words is to bless the Lord through song, to talk with him, and to tell other people about Jesus, to tell other people the good news. That's the reason why God gave us our speech. It's to do all of those things. But when we don't do that, something else is at stake, and that's our witness in Jesus. Our words, our ability to speak. Don't lose sight of how important these things are. The good news of Jesus and the encouragement should be flowing from our mouths constantly. And it truly, honestly, is a tragedy when our sinful words and our anger and our crudeness and our, 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 our things that we say in the heat of the moment get in the way of our testimony. Let it not be so, James says. Let it not be so. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings. And James is saying it can't happen. It can't happen. He brings up these illustrations. Uh, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can you have salty, fresh water, freshest, salty water? No. Can a fig tree produce olives? No. I want you to think about something right now. I want you to picture in your mind a perfectly round triangle. Go. Think about it. You guys got it? A perfectly round or circular triangle. You got it? A perfectly round triangle. Am I not talking clear enough, right? It's not possible, is it? It's not possible. And friends, James is speaking to the disturbing disconnect that happens when Christians claim to love Jesus and refuse to love others. James is saying it's not possible It should not be a thing when blessings from the Lord come out in our mouths on Wednesday nights, but crude joking comes out of our mouth on Thursday mornings. James says, let it not be so. Our our witness to the world around us that desperately needs to hear about Jesus is damaged when we do those things. Just like we would picture a perfectly round triangle. James would pose the question, I want you to perfectly bless God and curse other people at the same time. I want you to be a Christian who worships God with their words, but they, on Thursday mornings, are crudely joking with their friends about that thing, just for a quick moment, just for a laugh, you know? Just funny in that moment. James is showing the disturbing disconnect between these two realities. Friends, if a person, if you are claiming to be a Christian, then your words, uh, your blessings must be towards God and towards other people. 
A tongue that's bent on destruction, causing destruction. A handful of words intended for a joke. A handful of words intended on uh, hurting someone's feelings. A dirty joke just for the moment, for a laugh. These things might feel right in the moment. They might feel okay in the moment, but the damage they can uh, have can lost, can, can be uh, rippled throughout our weeks and throughout our lives. You're putting your testimony in Jesus in danger. Does the spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Friends, we have the incredible privilege of heralding the good news of Jesus Christ on our lips. May that follow with encouragement and love and care and nothing else. How many of you right now, how many of you in the room are too embarrassed to invite your friends to Citizens on Wednesday nights because they would be shocked to know that you came to a place like this because of the way you speak to them throughout the rest of your week? How many people would just be like baffled to see you in this room right now because they heard the thing you said yesterday? And you're in the room right now and you're like, well, I don't want to stand out, you know? Like my friends, they're just kind of my crew. They're just kind of what I do. They're, they're, just, they're just the people I kind of do life with. And I, I get it. Like I shouldn't be joking like that. I shouldn't say those things in those moments. Isn't the point to stand out? Isn't the point to be a peculiar people, a royal priesthood? People who are separated from the world who are in it but not of it? Friends, our words need to be reflecting the love of Jesus Christ himself. Would someone know right now, someone who doesn't know the Lord yet, would that person know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ by the way you're speaking? The words you say, your tone, the echoes of your heart, can people see Jesus in your words? Can people hear the words of Jesus communicated through your speech? Is that happening right now, friends? Is it happening? Is it a part of your life? Is it a part of your rhythms? Is it a part of the reality of who you are? James shows us the inconsistency. He shows us that you can't have salty fresh water. You can't have a fig tree produce olives. Let it not be so. Let us not curse others, yet bless the Lord when it's convenient for us. May our whole lives reflect the goodness of God, including the way we speak. So friends, this is a heavy text. This is something that would be challenging to us, but God's word brings us what? Life. God's word brings us life. The reason he tells us these things is because he wants our lives, Jesus wants our lives to be always reflecting his good news, to always be reflecting his heart. So friends, we have great power. The things you say, the jokes you tell, the tone you use, these things have great power. Don't forget that. Speak carefully. Speak carefully. Now, I'm not saying, you know, like, no one needs to be fake, right? Like, okay, the problem then is I talk too much. I just got to, like, stop talking. Or I just got to be, uh, like, more fake when I'm around people. No, we want to be real. We want to be a community that is all about uh, being real with each other. And so we don't just sweep these things under the rug. 
as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, as we walk closer and closer with the Lord through community, we begin to sound like Jesus. We begin to act like Jesus more and more every single day. Watch your words this week. Watch your words. Take note. Take inventory. Maybe it looks like a tough conversation with a friend. Did I ever say something that, do you think that I'm good at controlling my tongue? Do you think that I've ever said anything that was, some of those questions are hard in the moment, but that's what a community is for. That's what a community of people who love Jesus is for. So friends, be wise. Walk in a way that is wise and speak in a way that is wise. Let's pray together. God, we love you. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for these truths. God, I know that nobody in this room is perfect. God, I know I'm not perfect. God, would you forgive me for the moments where I have used my speech incorrectly, when I have used uh, my words uh, to not honor you? But God, I pray that this week, every single person would take a deep dive into their lives. Would they surround community? Would they be uh, surrounded by people who are able to keep them accountable, who are able to show them uh, what it means to be a believer? God, I pray for uh, those people in our lives who may be shocked to hear that we're a Christian. God, I pray for anyone right now who's feeling convicted about their testimony. God, I pray that you would encourage them, that they would know that you can redeem all things. Would they be continuing to use their words correctly? In the moments where they're tempted to just engage in that funny joke they think in the moment, God, would you help control their tongue? In the moment where they want to go off the handle and just let someone hear it because they were hurt so much, God, I pray that you would help them control their tongue. God, we know we can't do it on our own, but thank you for your Holy Spirit for giving us your scripture and for giving us the truth that is set in our hearts. God, we would be so close to you this week that we can't help but sound like you. We love you, Lord. We're so thankful for the opportunity to be in this community, to be loved by you. It's only through you, your power. It's only through your word. It's only through your spirit. So we pray all these things, Jesus, in your precious name.